Dame Dalla goes off in Utah. Kwame Brown makes a reappearance. And the NBA All-Star rosters are set in stone. My name is John, filling in for the host with the most row. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Hey, man. Feeling good. Feeling great, John. What about you, my guy? Hey, good to hear. I'm doing great, man. Sammy, how are you living, my friend? I'm good, man. Looking forward to the conference championships on the NFL front this weekend, and the Clippers are off to a blazing three-game winning streak with tonight's win over the Spurs. So, you know, it's, it's all good in my, uh, my sports land. There you go. Hey, I will uh, plead the fifth on the Clippers, but good luck on uh, the football this year, this weekend. Anyway, guys, I'm going to start us off with our first topic. And I'm kind of sad about this one because Ro is in here, the resident Blazer fan. So Dame, in a game against Utah, the Portland Trail Blazers, they won. And he ended up with 60 points. Damian Lillard, 60 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists on 90, 89.8% true shooting percentage. It was actually the most efficient 60-point game in NBA history, dominating the Jazz from every which way. And I wanted to ask you guys, because this is actually the fourth 60-point game in Damian Lillard's career, tying James Harden and Michael Jordan for the most 60-point games, Kobe Bryant second, and Wilt Chamberlain is first. And I want to ask you guys, and this has been talked about before, I think it was reported once, that Damian Lillard is one of the, actually it was proclaimed by him, now that I think about it, saying that he should be in the conversations for one of the best shooters of all time. And I kind of want to take it a little bit further. Do you think, beyond that, do you think he's one of the best scorers that we've ever seen in NBA history? And I'm going to start us off with JJ. One of the best? I mean, he's, he's very exciting to watch, John. But when I think the best, we had a discussion a few weeks ago. I think Sammy wanted to list off what Ray Allen, there's Reggie Miller. The way that he scores is definitely entertaining. But to say one of the best, maybe in this era, but not of all time. Sammy, what are you thinking? One of the best? I I think that's a good way to put it. you know, and, and I'm sorry to say this because I know we've talked about this ad nauseum and that he's been loyal, but I feel like his star would shine even brighter if he had played in more important games, frankly. I know he's been in the conference finals. Yeah! I remember distinctly, you know, the the shot over, I think it was Harden to win the first round that year. Obviously, the shot over PG when he was still with the Thunder. You remember those moments, and they are pretty clutch for what they are, but... We don't have those memories of him in the finals, like making the Kyrie shot, for example, or doing those things in those really big moments. And I think as a result, we don't put him quite in that stratosphere. Because when we think of the greatest scores of all time, at least when it comes to my head, you're talking about Steph as a shooter, Jordan, Kareem. These are all guys that have been to the mountaintop multiple times, you know? And because Dame hasn't been there, we don't put him quite on there. So I would give it to him with a caveat, and I would call him one of the best regular season scorers of all time. Yeah. Which is still, it's not a slight against him. It's just, in comparison, we haven't seen him in a finals moment uh, making like a clutch shot just because he's never been on a team good enough to get to the finals. So, John, am I being fair in that analysis? No, I think you're being fair. Honestly, I think... 
it's tough for me. I think it, it's definitely borderline for me. I think he has to be in the discussion. And the reason I say that is because he's scoring. He's his ability to score. I mean, he he pulls up from from really far from like half court. He's obviously mirrored his game after Steph, which a lot of guys have. But he's probably one of the closest ones who's actually been consistent from hitting these bombs and these crazy shots that you wouldn't expect to hit. He is 32 years old, but I think being 6'2 and being the same height as Steph Curry and that and the having the ability to score this many points in today's NBA is pretty impressive. So I think you have to take that into into consideration about the the era that we're in. Um, yes, you can score a lot more, but I think it is also a lot difficult to score with with the type of athleticism, with the type of defense that's being played more than it is it was in the past. It was more physical, but a lot of guys are more conscious and aware of of what you're going to be able to do outside of you know long range. So I would give it to him honestly. I think I would I, if I had to choose. If someone put you know put me to the on the spot and said, "Hey, is he one of the greatest scorers of all time?" I think I'd have to say yes. But Honestly, I don't blame JJ for saying no, but I'm a little disappointed because he does love Dame. And so <laughs> I'm just going to say one thing just to play devil's advocate. We're praising Dame as we should for scoring 60, but he is I'm going to come off as a hater right now. Hater. A <laughs> hater. But he is the fourth player this year to score over 60. So, True. I don't True. know if that okay. it's devalues. been a crazy year scoring wise in the league for sure. Yeah, so I don't know if that devalues what he did. Of course it doesn't, but kind of puts things into a perspective. I, I so while I understand that, it's not like you know what I devalue is when guys like Devin Booker score uh, <laughs> 70, what 71, 72, and lose, and lose, and then the guys were just force feeding him the ball out of the rhythm of the game and it, it you know to me that's whack but mm-hmm. if you do it in the game in the rhythm of the game not forcing shots you're just hot guys are looking for you i feel like to me that's that's credible that's validated so i'm gonna move us on to our next topic though guys kwame brown is back kwame brown that kwame brown so it was he was recently in the news obviously for not good reasons but he was quoted on on being on he was on a podcast called the Pivot Podcast a week ago, and this is what he had to say: "Quote," he says, "It was better being a bust." That's right, you didn't hear that correctly. He says it was better being a bust than it was than it's being than it is being LeBron James. He goes, "Quote," I think it was better being a bust is better. Brown said, "LeBron can't do what I do. They just take pictures everywhere he goes. I was a bust." Ain't nobody taking pictures of me everywhere I went. End quote. Bonafide scrub. I, I'm I'm sorry, like if there's a pause here because I'm actually speechless. I don't know I don't know what to say. I don't know how to proceed. But I would love to get your guys' thoughts on on this. Just please, somebody step in. What is going on here? Well, one, Stephen A. hit the nail on the head. When, when it comes to Kwame Brown here. And you know what this says to me more than anything else? Is just he didn't have ambition to be great. He didn't care. He clearly played for the money. Because when do you get recognized in in athletics and across any sport? When you are a star. If he's saying that he would rather not be noticed and that he's happier being a scrub, excuse me, a bust, 
then clearly that means that it didn't mean that he tanked, but it also means he had no ambition to be great, and that's why he played how he played. And that he clearly was in it for the money, which, you know what, in that regard, I don't necessarily fault him. It's disappointing because a lot of people just go to jobs for the pay. It just so happened that his job was on the national limelight and paid him probably five million a year at the time, depending on what he was making. Right. But it just, to me, it speaks volumes about his mindset and about what his own ambitions and goals were. So between this and then, I think we discussed this months ago, there were some statements that came out that he made on his uh, his social media. That was him, right? Yes. In regards to like Steven Jackson, Matt Barnes, a few other players. Yeah. Like, we're, we're seeing a whole other side to Kwame Brown after retirement that we didn't know existed. And maybe it's because he was anonymous and no one recognized him. I don't know. Jay, what do you think? Well, with Kwame Brown, I think we all understood what he was trying to say, which is um, if you're rich and famous, there are drawbacks, which is like the unwanted attention. Like what comes to mind is that famous paparazzi video of uh, Kanye West having all these photographers, paparazzi at 4 a.m. trying to shoot pictures at his house. And Mm -hmm. I think he was referring to like that kind of lifestyle, but where Kwame Brown went wrong is that he put the word better and bust in the same sentence, John. And like, you play basketball your whole life. And it's kind of, kind of related to what Tammy was saying. You play basketball for the joy of it when you're young. You get older, you try to make it as a career. You get paid. And then after you get that first contract as Jordan, Curry, and even Shaq always used to say, that's when you could concentrate on your legacy. That's where Kwame didn't follow the paths of those guys because once he got his first contract, he was already out. He was known as Stephen A. Smith as a bonafide scrub. So that's his lifestyle, but the dude shouldn't have said better and the word bust. It was better being a bust. Totally mm-hmm. <laughs> not the right thing to say, I think. Or incorrect thing to say, I would say, but hey man, it's Kwame Brown. There's a reason that uh, people have some opinions about him, right? Yeah, and I don't... You know what I find ironic about this is that he's saying essentially that he has a better he had a better career because ain't nobody taking pictures of him everywhere he went. So he doesn't have the spotlight or the limelight. But the irony about it is that you... The reason why you say something like this is because you are craving attention, that you want this to be in the spotlight. You know you're bringing up LeBron James's name, yeah. and you're saying this because it's going to be in the headlines. So are you sure, Kwame, that you really didn't want LeBron's career, or is it just you that you weren't capable hater. of ever even sniffing the type of career that LeBron had, right? What what is it? What is the truth here? And listen, Kwame Brown gave us like five or 10 good minutes as a Laker total. <laughs> So I will uh, I'll give him credit for that. But other than that, this is just like crazy. <laughs> I would love to get Rose's opinion on here, but he obviously he's, you know, he's not able to make it. But maybe we'll ask him on the next episode. All right, I'm going to move us on, guys, to the next topic here. And this one, it actually had me salivating when I saw it and kind of, you know, definitely my eyes widened. And I knew that if JJ was going to be on this episode, I was going to I was ready. So Steph Curry. The Warriors, they want a nail-biter against the Grizzlies, 122-120. Ironically, by someone who caused a lot of heartache 
in this game, Jordan Poole. So Jordan Poole won the game through an inbounds pass on a layup. But that wasn't really the story here. So what happened was, it was earlier in the game, uh, Golden State was leading by two, and they got a rebound, right? They got a rebound, and, jo- and somebody kicked it out to Jordan Poole at the top, um, at the top of the key. Or, uh, yeah. And instead of running the clock down or giving it to someone like, I don't know, Steph Curry or, or Clay Thompson, he jacks up a three. Warriors were up, jacks up a three, misses it, and the Grizzlies get the rebound. Obviously, the Grizzlies did not win this game, but that was beside the point. So what happened right after that play, subsequently, Curry was running down the court to play defense, back on defense, because the Grizzlies had the ball after Jordan Poole heaved that unnecessary three. And Curry threw his mouthpiece violently. And I and I don't know if anybody watched Curry or watched nationally televised games in the past, but Curry's done this before. But he threw the mouthpiece across, I don't know if he hit like the the you know he just threw it in, in the direction that he was walking back towards and he got called for a technical and i believe he had a technical previously in the game so when you get two you get thrown out of the game he got ejected and he got ejected because he was upset not with the refs but upset with jordan Poole's shot, shot selection so i wanted to get your guys thoughts i'm gonna hold off on jj for now because i wanted to get hit i know he's gonna go on some sort of rant here so sammy what are your thoughts about this play? What are your thoughts on Jordan Poole's decision making? What are your thoughts about the ejection? Do you think it was warranted? And do you think Jordan Poole would have gotten traded had he not won the game yesterday? Because <laughs> I personally do. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it to you. What do you think? Oh man, so many rabbit holes to go down on this one. Um, Jordan Poole's decision-making clearly needs a lot of work. It, it obviously, he, you got to understand when to take a shot. You got to understand when to defer to players who have been in that situation on your team. And just, you got to know game situation. And that's clearly something that he's still learning. And to his defense, he's still very early in his career. Most players do not have those particular like intricacies down by this point. And I think for for the Warriors as a whole and for Warrior fans, it can be frustrating sometimes with that because the rest of the team has played at a championship level for so long that it's kind of an interesting transition for the team in that you have this veteran core that's done it over and over and over again. But then you do have Kaminga and you have Poole, namely, and these other young kids who are going to be learning the ropes and you're almost taking these two different timelines and mashing them together and you're going to get these boneheaded decisions sometimes when you have the best shooter of all time sitting there on on the court now in regards to getting curry getting thrown out i've seen some pretty ridiculous ejections this year getting ejected because you're frustrated with your teammate that was a new one <laughs> so that one was ridiculous. It's funny in hindsight because Golden State won the game, but just, I, I don't even know what to say to that. And in regards to Poole getting traded, if he does that one in the playoffs and they don't win the game, then I think you might see Bob Myers on the phone. But I, I cannot wait to hear JJ's thoughts on this whole <laughs> thing in this game. So please let us know what you're thinking. Well, my guys, 
it, when you watch the game and we we text each other all the time we always have kind of the same thoughts when we do watch games together and it's just like what are you doing dude like there's an offensive rebound you're supposed to drain out the clock you're up you have clay on your wing three you have curry right behind you trying to reset the play as he should because he's running point and you're gonna shoot a three four feet from the three-point line john so and and it was 14 seconds left on the shot clock right after the offensive rebound basically offensive rebound pass to the outlet and he shoots it which is like a big no-no they teach you that in middle school so i don't know what he's thinking and this is not the only time as sammy mentioned it's in clutch moments where he holds the ball tries to bum rush in the key and like expects someone to shoot it last second or he turns the ball over these are not plays that make championship teams you need to realize your role you are not Michael Jackson, you are Tito Jackson, Jordan Poole. <laughs> Give the ball up to Steph. Straight up. I'm Michael Jackson, you Tito. You know, I, I forgot. You're, Sammy made a good point. And I agree with you guys. I think that he, he's been making a lot of, and from what I've seen, I haven't seen every game, but the nationally televised ones and, and the complaining that we hear from JJ and, and Roe is pretty frequent. So I would imagine that the amount of headaches that Jordan Poole is causing this seasons are, season are, is a lot. But he is 23 years old, Sammy said. He's really young. And I think the that's something that you can grow out of. Now, is that... Will he do that? Who knows? But that's the one... Plus, I see in all of this is that he is still very, very young and he has the ability to score a lot of points, score in bunches, and he can, he still has time to grow. I think you, the, the thing is, is that you have to be patient with him. That's that's also the thing, right? Can you be patient with him with Steph Curry being 35 and Clay being 33, 34? I mean, their window is close to being closed. And so can Jordan Poole mature enough and and last year it was i mean you'll agree i think you guys will agree with me and most people will that a lot of his uh deficiencies and and uh you know shortcomings were covered by a lot of by better defense team defense by guys that were able to you know be on the court like he has a much bigger role now because the warriors lost a lot of key guys they have had some injuries so with that comes more responsibility but he's not really he's kind of doing the opposite of that so We'll have to see how that plays out, but it was a—it uh, was quite a game to watch. I, I got to say, it, it was an entertaining, nationally televised game. I'm sure I loved it, and I'm sure a lot of people did across the country. But after we are going to take a quick short break um, before we move on from a word from our sponsor. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook 
with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restric- restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. All right. Bringing it back now. Uh, big news we got today. NBA All-Star starters have been announced by the league right before we started recording tonight. So out of the East, our five All-Star starters are as follows. Giannis, Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum. Obviously, in that scenario, Giannis, KD, and Tatum are the frontcourt players, Mitchell and Irving in the backcourt. Out West, our frontcourt players are LeBron, Nikola Jokic, and Zion got in on this one. Backcourt is Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. So, let's talk about this. So, let's, uh, let's, let's have some debates here. So, first question I have for you both. Of that list, East or West, who's the biggest surprise? JJ, I'll start with you. It has to be Zion, right? Mm-hmm. He missed 20 games. Charles Barkley had a complaint tonight. Bill Simmons mentioned it on his uh, his uh, podcast. And yeah, he's uh, he's definitely entertaining uh, an entertaining basketball player. But did he deserve to be an all-star is the question. I would have thought, and John would probably really agree with this on me, is uh, where's Andrew Wiggins? He should have took that spot, right, John? <laughs> I played the fifth. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just gonna say Zion. I, I think it's cool that Zion made it, but he only played 20 games, so I think it's kind of disrespectful to Sabonis, who should have took that spot. Mm. With how the Kings have turned it around. Good point. Yeah. Um, so. I, I know I'm going to get a lot of crap for this, and I think I'm going to get it from JJ here. Don't I don't know here what it would be. The re- here it comes. I know. Hey, controversy sells, but on a, Steph Curry has missed a lot of games. He, well, he missed a decent amount of games this season, didn't he? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's putting a lot of, he's putting great numbers up. Listen, I would have chosen Zion, the reality is, but I'm not going to pick the same person that JJ picked, right? I'm not going to do that. So my only my only logical choice here is obvious, I'm not going to pick LeBron James even if he had the worst season because I'm biased, right? I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go with Steph Curry, and I have to see the list. I don't have the list in front of me, but I would love to see who that who I could replace with him. Um, I'm thinking on the top of my head. Jaw, Jaw Morant. Yeah, that's who I would put. I'd put Jaw. Maybe Jaw, well, right? That. That was unexpected. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I, I generally, my, my first inclination was also Zion. Um, as good as he's been lately, I'll give credit where it's due. Kyrie missed some time earlier, and it wasn't for an injury. And I'm just going to point out here. As soon as KD went out of the lineup, anyone noticed that Brooklyn's been losing again? Yeah. So... Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be there, but he's probably the one of the other surprises for me on that on this list. But overall, you do have to go with Zion. I think um, the only thing for me that I was thinking about was if not him, then who? And I think Sabonis is probably the one that makes the most sense. Um, that it's definitely gonna have a different feel if it was him. I will say, for the sake of the game itself, though, I am happy Zion is there because the game is that much more entertaining. Watching him getting passes from Jokic and LeBron and Luka is going to be a lot of fun. 
Uh, oh, I just realized they're not necessarily playing together. Okay, well, if he ends up with any of those guys, <laughs> it will be a lot hey, of fun. So, hey, so Sammy, one, one thing that I will counter with this, and while I agree with you that Brooklyn has been losing since KD has been out of the lineup injured, this is not an MVP award, right? This that is, is true. This is an all-star award. So Very true. But if it like like you said, this that to me that's more like most like how valuable you are. But in terms of just putting up stats, putting up the highlights, being somebody that people want to watch, I feel like Kyrie belongs on there. As long as he doesn't say anything, that's not. <laughs> maybe don't give him any uh, press coverage. No post game, no post game interviews for you, Kyrie. I'll give you that. And um, just since you mentioned it earlier, in terms of the East voting for the guards. Uh, Kyrie and Kyrie actually got the most votes among the guards, and then Mitchell is right behind him. So they were both around the 4.5 million mark. It drops all the way to 2.4 million with Jalen Brown. After that, uh, and then it goes to Harden at 2.2. Now the voting is split. It's 50% fan, and then 25% media, I believe, and 25% players. Okay. So just really quick little thing I wanted to plug in there. A lot of the player vote actually shook out similarly. The one player that was lower on this list that was higher for the players was DeMar DeRozan, who actually was number four on the player list. Hmm. The big one that's interesting is in the media vote. Number one was Mitchell. Number two was Jalen Brown. Number three was Tyrese Halliburton who was number, in terms of the fan vote, was somewhere in the range of nine or 10. So it's interesting to see the perception of these of these guys between the players, the media, and the fans. Uh, just really quick before I move on to our next question on this list, in the West, because you asked, John. Three was Joss, so same thing though. Steph had the most votes, almost six million from the fans. He was number two on the player list number two in the media list number one for the players and the media was luke at 5.5 it drops for the fan vote all the way to 2.2 million for jaw and the other candidate there would have been uh shay gilgis alexander oh uh, yeah SGA. yeah so the interesting here though is among the media those guys were the top four and there was mm-hmm. literally no other media votes to any other guards so it was clearly the four of them they were also among the top four on the players. So in the West, it's very uniform between everybody. Uh, okay, next question about this topic. Who's the biggest snub that you possibly saw East or West, regardless of position? Mm-hmm. If there's anyone you can think of offhand. John, I'll kick this one off of you. I mean, well, I got to go Jaw, right? I think Jaw is... What, what is he putting up this year? 28 points a game, 5... Five hits, or five rebounds, eight assists, something like that. That close to, um, you know, shooting forty-seven percent from the field. He's literally he is the engine that makes the Grizzlies go. And I know that they won a bunch of games last year without him, but still, like, there's so much much more dynamic team. Just from an All-Star perspective, if we're talking about All-Stars, somebody that you want to watch, someone that who literally can take your breath away on the basketball court regardless of how much trash the grizzlies talk you know they're becoming more and more unlikable i feel as the season progresses but i I would have to go jaw okay jay that that's a good pick john um what i was going to say is sammy is that you mentioned halliburton there's an advanced stat 
It's called、um, value over replacement player. So essentially, it's like if you took that player out, how would the team perform? It's kind of like how is this guy acting like a MVP in that roster?、Mm-hmm. And Halliburton is ranked four in the East out of all the players, which is insane. So if、yeah. we're going to go off that same metric,、mm-hmm. if there's someone that I felt that should have been on this list, SGA is ranked fifth. Okay. And he's、I'll- been balling. But、he has been. He's been great. He's been great. And I want to give a shout out since I did shout out Sabonis. Where is Markkanen? Markkanen. Not even close to anywhere on this list. He should be on this list.、Yeah. No one thought that Utah was going to compete this year. We thought they were team tank. Right. And they started off hot. I know now it's a little different, but he's been balling. Who would、right. have guessed, right? Yeah, good call. And I, I got to give credit to Joel Embiid.、Uh, he is not starting. And he's not starting clearly because there's four elite front court players out east Giannis, KD, Jade,、uh, Jason Tatum, and Embiid. And one of them was going to get the short straw.、Uh, so I think those are all good choices. I assume all of those guys are going to be in the All Star game. So I'm going to have two more questions. We're going to go a little rapid fire here. So the first one relates to what I just said about Embiid. There's been some speculation, hasn't been proposed, that going forward, It would make sense to just go positionless top top five players in each conference. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Do you like that idea? And is it something you would support going forward?、Uh, JJ, go ahead. Yeah, basketball is now positionless. You have power forwards that could play point guards, and you have six, eight point guards now. So, right. And so, in that scenario, do you think Embiid makes the, makes the East? And if he does, who does he knock out? In the East? Yeah. No, he doesn't make it still. Still doesn't make it.、Out. Okay. He has to beat out KD, Giannis, and Tatum. Okay. And then how about out West? Do you think Zion potentially gets knocked out by like John Moran or SGA? I think it gets. He should be knocked out by SGA. Okay. But j a w that's a toss up. Okay. John, what do you think of that question? I love the positionless idea. And just the best players. But I don't think that based on like the talent level at each position, I don't even think it would work out in a way that、oh, we would get like four forwards or five, you know, four centers because like Steph Curry's always going to be in the All Star game, right?、Mm-hmm. There's a good chance Kyrie's probably always going to be in the All Star game. Guys like, Clay, I mean, Clay had an off year, so maybe not, but you're going to get a lot of guards, you're going to get a lot of small forwards. It's going to work, it's going to be pretty balanced any way you, you slice it, at least in my opinion. But yeah, I would say just get rid of it and get the best players there. But it is probably going to end up being somewhat similar to what we're seeing anyway. Yeah, I, I would generally agree. And I, I love the concept going forward. I think JJ made a great point that the current version of the NBA really is positionless, though. And I would just. Love to see just imagine a starting lineup with you know three or four guards in it, everyone can fly that kind、yeah. of that kind of game.、Um, I think the NBA started to go that route by going front court, back court. I think that's the next step naturally. And the NBA has been really good about adapting on the fly, so it wouldn't surprise me if they did something like that much quicker than anticipated. Okay, last question, and、uh, shout out to RJ, our video producer, for informing us of this at the start of、uh, this podcast here. So, this year's draft. Is actually happening right before the game starts. So LeBron and Giannis are going to pick the teams and they're literally going to go out and play. Thoughts oh, right, on... be, like, right before, like, recreational,、so, you pick the guys and you're playing basketball like that. 
That's my understanding of it. Like okay. it's gonna happen in real time. That's I don't know if it's like five minutes before the game, but it's day of like, and then they're going on. No the practice. No practice. They're just gonna go play. <laughs> uh, I like that. So that's that's the question I had for you. So I was reading an article that made a great point. If you guys remember last year, James Harden had the you know had just been traded. And yeah, and LeBron and Katie were just dancing around him the whole way. So imagine that in live, like in a live format. So, what do you guys think of the draft being held right before the game actually starts? Do you like that idea as well, or would you prefer the team had time to prepare together before the game? No, I love that. I love, and uh, I know Rose not here to defend himself, but we all know he was picked last when they were picking teams in <laughs> high school. I'm just kidding. Oh, Rose a baller. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. No, but that's that's super cool to me. I mean, that kind of brings flashbacks to when you're playing in school, right? And you're just like, all right, I got this guy, I got that guy, I got him, I got him. And you just take turns, and then you start playing. You don't practice with each other. I, I, I actually love that style. I just hope that nothing happens where they say, oh, I hope it doesn't turn out where we think it's going to be this great, you know, like spur of the moment, no practice, just just go with like the feel for the game. But it ends up being terrible because they haven't had time together. I hope it's not like that. But I'm hopeful, and I think it'll be cool. All right. And Jay, your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's cool. Like, they get to pick last minute. Yeah. Um, picking, though, I think that's, like, fourth grade. I think Is it? when you're older, it's like you shoot. Shoot free throws. First oh, one. you shoot. You're right, you're right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they should do something may maybe like three-pointers. Gotcha. Yeah, right I don't know. Well, that's fun. Yeah. And I will freely say I was usually picked late, but that's what happens when you can hit a corner three, <laughs> but are by far the slowest guy in the court. I'm just going to freely admit that now. Uh, with that being said, that's actually all we have for today. I want to thank you guys for being on. JJ, thanks for being on as always, man. All right. Thanks, Sammy. Appreciate everyone out there. John, thank you for being on. Hey, thank you guys. Whoever your football teams are, good luck. Well, thank you very much. And... Let's give a shout out to RJ, our video producer. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All MBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All MBA. I'm Sammy Neighbor. This is The Clinic All MBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts and go Chiefs. <laughs>